The following podcast discusses alternative sexual practices in loving and detailed terms, and as such may not be appropriate for young children, people who participated in the Iowa caucuses, or my mother. Mom, I know you want to be supportive, but seriously, stop the podcast and walk away. Listener discretion is advised. Companion, a podcast of wholesome kink and perverted knitting. I'm Sarah Kane. I'm Lansing Mike. We've got Lansing Mike back this week. Yay. Yay. After being tied up last week. No. Well, no, not tied up. That would have been, well. There'll be discussions. <laughs> That's what our topic is. Yeah. Right. We, things, we, things that occurred last week I can talk about. We will go into further detail of what Mike was doing while I was interviewing which was very interesting because i was like wow it's i mean it was interesting hearing a podcast i didn't know what was coming up it's like oh wait i'm listening to this and i have no idea what's coming it's a complete surprise (laughs) it's like other people would be experiencing this it's like but honestly my memory can be really bad so even when i listen to an episode we just recorded three days before i'll be like oh that's right that's right that's what we talked about i have to give myself space i do not start editing right when we finish i give myself at least a couple of hours to get some distance on it, to be able to edit effectively. So yeah, when I do listen to it, it's kind of like fresh, and it's like, oh, okay. And I mostly listen because it's like, I want to remember what we talked about, so we're not rehashing the same stories each time. Or get ideas for other ones, like, you know, we'll mention something, it's like, oh yeah, let's talk about that later. Oh yeah, let's talk about that. Taking notes. (laughs) So yeah, it was interesting, and I found it fascinating. I mean, I've never really been that much into rubber or neoprene or all that stuff myself, so hearing someone who really enjoys it, talk about it, has made me curious. And it's like, oh, I, let's, you know. Also, I like the whole, you know, the um, the sculpting aspects of it. It's like, yeah, because, you know, clothing it, hides a lot of sins and some clothing does an even better job of dealing with those, you know. I'm issues. sure that Veritas would be happy to get you into a bunch of different rubber things. I'll well, have to talk. Because I imagine, because we have First Friday Leather Night coming up. Yes. So I'll try and check. Maybe if he's there, I'll chat with him that. And if not, I know there's other events coming up that we will probably be discussing. Yes. Veritas has said that he is planning on being at First Fridays. So for those in the Lansing area, or are willing to travel to the Lansing area between when you hear this and Friday, this Friday coming up is First Friday of February. So it is First Fridays at Esquire Bar. Year of our Lord. 2016. <laughs> I mean, this is, it's funny because I'll, when I find a new podcast, I'll often go to the beginning or however much and start listening. And it's like, wait, when? okay, yeah, they're giving dates, but what, what year, year is, is this? this? Because <laughs> it's sometimes oh. important for releases or things like that and what they're talking about. So it's like always like, I wish podcasts would be, a, but usually in the notes, there's always like, oh, 2005 and things like that. I'm like, God. 2005 and they're still going. So this Friday... At Esquire Bar, first Friday, mm-hmm. Veritas has said he will be there, and Whiteout and Popzilla okay. are also going to be there, so you could talk to them about their experiences in rubber, which 
tend to be a bit more public <laughs> than Veritas. Whiteout and Pubzilla have the advantage that they are college students, right? So, and Veritas has a job. Yep. <laughs> well, there's that beautiful thing of just not giving a shit what people think because you live under the illusion that other people have no effect on your life and can't influence you. I mean, I don't think they completely believe that, but I think as we get older, we get more conservative about stuff and just remember, realize just how much shit we can go through when people are getting pissy with us for things that doesn't really matter, but there's that illusion of independence. Like, no, I can be my own thing and do whatever I want. And you kind of can, but there is a price to pay for that. And as we get older, we realize, no, we're not willing to pay those prices because we want to feed ourselves and not eat cat food in our twilight years and pay for the mortgages. And we give up a lot of our freedoms and dreams to, you know, yeah, do normal life. And some people are like, no, and I'm not going to do that. And then go the other way again and give up a lot of things for the freedoms. There's something to be said for that. There's a beauty in that purity of just not giving a shit and giving no fucks and living a true life. Or a truer life. But then there's also the things of... We also kind of program for the acceptance of the herd. Even if they're wrong, we still kind of want, in some respects, we're just programmed to want to fit in and have people like us. Whether or not we really... They are deserving of our respect or not. Right. At my job, only one... I've only told one co-worker mm -hmm. about this podcast. And that's because... On his desk, he has a picture of him and his husband. Hmm. And I looked closely at it, and it looked kind of like one of them might have been wearing a chain collar in the picture. So I'm like, I think this podcast yeah. would be right up your alley. I but, think I've, I've mentioned to the people I'm friends with at work, because it's like, hey, yeah. I do this thing. I don't think this is something you're particularly going to be interested in listening to. But, you know, it's amusing. I know other friends I've casual, and they're, like, curious about it. I mm -hmm. think it could be... I mean, just the concept of it is, like, kink and, and craft and knitting. knitting. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm just I'm just morbidly curious about that. And so... <laughs> yeah, I've got one of my friends in an online group that I'm part of who has said that he will listen to it because he lives in the first ring of Detroit suburbs, mm -hmm. and he works at the Capitol. Mm-hmm. And so he's got a heck of a commute every day. And podcasts and books on tape can be a godsend exactly. for that, that kind of commuting. So. Because sometimes you just don't want to listen to NPR all the time. I mean, how can I say that? Actually, podcasts have really interrupted my NPR listening. I used to listen to that all the time. Even if I really wasn't interested, it's like, yeah, it's I'll learn something. And now it's like, no, I can listen to it very focused on what I want to listen to and yeah. the topics. And the, so it has supplanted. So my knowledge of actually world events and sundries is not what it was. I can say that NPR was indirectly responsible for me getting my first iPod mm -hmm. because it was 2006. I want to say the years they blend together. But anyway, I was working in Ann Arbor and living in Flint. That's a 90-minute commute. And I got on the road each day at about 10 o'clock. So if I were to listen to Michigan radio, I would have had to listen to the Diane Ream show. And at that time, her condition was pretty bad. Okay. Yeah, she a uh, radio hostess who uh, spasmonic dysphonia where basically your vocal cords just spasm out and it makes you sound, oh, several decades older than you actually are. 
Because I'd see pictures of her, and it's like, whoa. It's like, she's... I, I picture someone who's like the shrivel, you know, Baba Yaga kind of character. And it's like, nope, she doesn't look like that. That's just her voice because she gets treatments for it and it helps. But still, it's a very slow, deliberate voice. And Yes. I'm curious because um, that's one thing I do on my podcast. I do download domestic and international hour news roundups. Yeah, so and, she has and, and I always, yeah, I always but, listen to that because of the sp- panel. And also, if you speed it up to 1.8, suddenly... Everyone- <laughs> Yep. The others sound like chipmunks and she sounds a bit more normal. And it's like, that's perfect. <laughs> we are. Also, I usually speed up most of my podcasts just to get through them. I want to hear the information. It's like, just, yes, flip first. Give it to me. We are awful pitchy queens. Yeah. Yeah, just a little bit. So, that, yeah, that, so. that inspired me to get my first podcast. Uh, and then backing up a little bit more. So I post to the Twitter account. Mm-hmm. Every single time a new episode goes live. I've seen it on Facebook a couple times. It's like, hey. I post to my Facebook. I post to the Twitter at HarryProneComp. And I post to my Tumblr, which is sir-arcane.tumblr.com, where you can see some absolute filth if you're interested in seeing some filth. It's always fascinating to find people's dirty Tumblr accounts. I've sleuthed out a few of people I know, and it's like, oh, and it can be very amusing and nice, and sometimes it can be kind of horrific, because sometimes you find out they're into some things that, not just beyond your comfort levels, but you find you, I, they're disagreeable on many levels. It's like, oh, you're into that. And, you know, I'm not going to, you know... Oh, God, you're into Republicans. Uh, <laughs> no, I, some practices that I actually do lose some respect for when... There's just certain... There are certain things that, yeah, it's... Uh, um, the the fetishizing of certain acts that I think actually cause harm to other people, you know, in the long run. Um, uh, you know, basically breeding. I'm sorry, it's like... Do not fetishize the act of infecting others with HIV. It's like, it's not a curable disease yet. Maybe we're on the verge of it. But it's an avoidable disease. Yes, and, and it's and you should not stigmatize people for it. Right. But don't, you know... Yeah, barebacking is one thing. I mean, hey, Truveda, that helps. But then again, and, there's and, we, like, and we talked about this before, no. that there's still the clap and sniff oh, yeah. and... All, and who, all these and other who knows things. what the next thing is? Now, um, I mean, it's mosquito-borne, but that the new virus that's oh, horrible. Oh, Zilka. Yeah, yeah. Never heard of this thing. And, I mean, it's been infecting people for a long time, and it's been there. But, I mean, even HIV, people were being infected by it back in the 1950s. They found yes, cultures of yes. sailors and some people. It's been around, and who knows when the first, you know, probably a hunter who accidentally nicked himself while carving up some bushmeat. And maybe then ran its course and died out. and re- But yeah, it's been around with humans for a long time. But then it just needed that magic situation that it spread the way it did. Yeah, it so who knows the 70s. And who knows what the next thing down the line is. Yeah. Or if, you know, some idiot in their basement really truly wants to do some bio-warfare and take bits and pieces of each thing. It's like, hey, we can whip up a nice horrible virus that'll kill those naughty, naughty homosexuals, you know. Onto happier things. <laughs> and after, more realistic things. And now. more realistic things. After I interviewed Veritas so last week, he has said to me that he has several times done a scene where he's the top and he has 
put the bomb into this wonderful rubbered up, mm -hmm. wonderful thing, gotten the bottom off, and then he's just left there to beat off by himself afterwards. And I'm like, I need to take you for a ride. Oh, or he will find someone he can show good time to, but then yes. either they are unwilling or not in a mood to or not knowledgeable enough to return the favor? Exactly. Okay, so he has suffered through that far too often. I said, you know what? I'm going to take care of you today. Reciprocation is a virtue. Right. The other times we've played, we've both gotten off, but mm -hmm. I'm like, but even in those times, he was more of the top. And I'm like, no, let me do some wonderful, horrible things to you for a change. You just lay back and enjoy it. <laughs> and so got him in the rubber sleep sack. I got my plug-in vibrators. Mm -hmm. I've got one that has a cup on it. And I tried to unsuccessfully put the cup on the head of his dick and then roll the foreskin over it. I couldn't do that because there was too much of a flare on the cup. The, okay. the cup ended up being too wide to comfortably fit mm -hmm. in that tight space. So I just rolled the skin back, put that on, and turned it up to 11 and brought him to the edge a few times and then finally let him explode and then... Just let him lie there and enjoy the bondage for a while. It's, that can be fun, too. Especially in that nice... That rubber sleep sack is so nice. It, it's it's a great big rubber hug with access to the cock, the nipples, the ass. It's a nice product. So that was last week. Then this week, I had commissioned Pup Neptune to make me a chainmail collar. Mm -hmm. And he made me one. And he did exactly what I asked for. I said, my neck is 17 and a half inches around. That's the size shirt I take. So that's how long I want the collar. Which is great, which is perfect. I just need to figure out a way to clasp it, mm -hmm. to get on and off, other than a padlock. I don't want to put a lock on it because... What I've seen, um, I don't know the gauges or... But I'm thinking of um, nose rings, the kind with the balls on either end. Yes. The, the, kind of the yeah. U, or, or I guess the Omega would be the better shape to think. Yes. With balls on it that you can unscrew, and then that way you well, can slip them through the ends. Yeah, I have an extra 8-gauge ring. Mm -hmm. Well, not ring, it's curved barbell. Not the full Omega, but about half, half of the Omega. Because I recently upgraded my PA from an 8 to a 6. Okay. So I still have the 8-gauge. And my plan was to hang on to that and eventually put it into one of my nipples. Because that's the size I'd like to get my nipples up to. Right now they're at a 12. And I talked to the piercer about eventually getting them up to an 8. She said, yes, that's possible. But you're looking at a two-year process. That one year after you can move up from a 12 to a 10. And then after another year is when I would suggest moving to the eight. Okay. And I think that the eight will be a good size for my nipples, which are healing nicely. I got that from Neptune. So I've got that, got that chainmail collar and I would be able to thread my existing lucky strike tag through it, mm -hmm. but I'd have to thread and unthread it like a, a keychain every single time I want to put it on and off. So I'm going to have to figure out 
another way to Almost, do yeah uh, talking about keychains yeah i mean thinking trying to think of some sort of yeah not the keychain that's the ring that you'd have to thread it all the way through right but something that clasps or that i mean i, I don't you know i'm thinking of the old style keychain where it's like you had a little um hey. thing on the end and then it would open up and you could put it back on then something along those lines and then if the keychain itself, you found one that was cool to dangle down. Well, what I could probably do is I could probably, like, go to Joanne or Michael's, not Hobby Lobby, never Hobby Lobby, mm -hmm. no, evil, <laughs> and look in their costume jewelry making section oh. and find necklace class. Oh, yeah. So that could probably work. Yeah, it's just a matter of getting up off my mm -hmm. dove. As you want, yes, that's, there's so many things I could do if I just... Ambition. I heard there's one great thing. When you're young, you have all the ambition and time, but no money. When you're an adult, you have all the money and ambition, but no time. And then when you're older, all the time and, and the money, money, but no, but ambition. no ambition. And it's yeah. like, ah, that makes me think that there is a God. And he's a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> so after I gave him a special thank you for that, I drove down to Detroit. Later that night, I was at the Hayloft this past Saturday mm -hmm. for their lumber sexual party. Hmm. Basically kind of a bear party, but... That's going to say, I'm picturing beards and flannel. Yeah, beards and flannel. Occasional axe, lots of knit caps. And no axes that I saw. Knit caps, Because that's about the yes. only difference between a hipster and a lumberjack sometimes is the axe. Well, and something that didn't help the hipster image was specials on cans of PBR. <laughs> But yeah, it's like, but it sounds nice. Yeah. And I was there to assist Pup Bayard mm -hmm. because he is running for Mr. Liberty Leather 2016. That's at the Liberty Bar in Pontiac this Saturday coming up. So February 6th, first Saturday in February. So if you can hear this and you can get to Pontiac, then I can't. I'm going to be tied up with the DBC that day, uh, go out and support Bayard. It's his first time going for a title, and he's really excited about it, but also he has been catching a lot of shit from a lot of bitter queens. People saying, you know, you're not buff enough, you're not butch enough, you're not leather enough, you know, you're a pup, you're not a, a leather, sir, why are you... And, you know, my response to them was, don't rain on my parade. <laughs> the only, the, yeah, the only people whose opinion counts are the judges. Yeah. You know, it's like, go to it. And, you know, if, if you aren't right in the judge's eyes, then you don't win. And you move on. And if you, you know, you put it out there. Because, yeah, if those are the same people, who, you know, the people who are giving you this advice are going to be on that judging panel. Yeah, they're kind yeah, of that, warning that, you. That's it's something. like, why waste yeah. your time? But, no, it's like, whatever. It's... Yeah, and I mean, my response to those is, and how many titles have you run for? None? Oh, yeah, go screw them. And Mr. Liberty Leather feeds to Mr. Michigan Leather, okay. which well. does feed into international, mm -hmm. international Mr. Leather. So. so if he wins that, then he'll be participating in MML. Yes. Then, okay, cool. Yeah, and then if he wins MML, he'll be participating in IML and... He said, I'll probably end up going to IML anyway, mm -hmm. just to experience it. And I said, oh, cool. Well, so this is a bar-based, you know, kind of yeah. contest. Cool. Yeah, bar-based contest. 
I think we should have one of those here in Lansing. I don't know if we have enough of a community to support it. That's, but... I think, why we're trying to start up, you know... Well, like I said, you know, I think I've met enough people, you know, that show interest in doing leather stuff and community that we could, you know, might not be that many, but it'd be something. Yeah. And, you know, and who knows how many it would eventually grow to. But, yeah, because, you know, Lansing... We, you know, we have the benefit of being central, but that's also a curse in that we're so close to so many other communities and groups that doesn't take much to get to Grand Rapids or go to Detroit and do stuff elsewhere. Right. So, you know, but I would see, well, a couple things. There's an actual leather club of some sort, and then that would like lead into actually, you know, kind of taking over Esquire on certain nights and seeing that they'd be our sponsor to do a Mr. Esquire leather and all this, and it's different, though, because, you know, I don't know if Esquire particularly wants to even be, you know, a leather bar. I think they're open to people enjoying themselves there, but that is a kind of niche that is kind of fading. It's yes, not, you know, yes. the, the idea of having a leather bar, no, it's more like having a leather night once in a while at a bar. Right. You know. There are three kind of kinky bars in Detroit proper. I'm, I'm not counting Liberty because that's out in Pontiac. Okay. So that's further away. But Menjo's, Hayloft, and Inferno in Detroit. Well, Inferno's in Inkster, but that's first ring suburb. They all help sponsor the leather community in Detroit mm. after the Eagle blew the coop. But yeah, they're not purely leather bars. They have leather nights. Mm-hmm. And they have the Lumber Sexual Party. They have Beartopia. They've got yeah, all sorts of different events that they put on that can be more or less leather. Mm-hmm. And I know that MIGRA, the Michigan Air National Gay Rodeo Association, does things at Esquire. Mm-hmm. And I can see some overlap between the leather community and the rodeo community. I think... Oh, on the 16th of February, uh, they're planning on, I think, having a night at Esquire. If that's a, is that a Saturday? Uh, that was a Saturday for January, but no. I don't know. One of these Saturdays yes. coming up. Not- Somewhere mid-February, yeah. um, there's a sign in the bathrooms at Esquire. So it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, and then there's other groups. Um, I know that I heard someone on Facebook talking about, out of curiosity, how would one go about making a chapter of the, or coven, or however you call house. it. House. House of the Sisters, Sisters of Perpetual of Indulgence. Indulgence. Yes. And, you know, it's an organization, and it's like, how would you make a, you know, a house of that? Well, yeah. And so, yeah, there, I think there's some interest. Uh, you know, these are some people who've <laughs> gone out and sampled other communities and other towns and then are now here in Lansing and, like, want to have a capture a little bit of that magic and bring it here and see if it Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I th- but, yeah, I, said, I think what we're doing with the First Fridays is kind of that trying to get that going with leather, at least. or Yeah, know, with action. leather and pup and, yeah, get that moving in that direction. And, yeah, try to build Lansing up as having something. Something. And not having to drive 90 minutes to... Detroit or drive and I think 75 to Grand Rapids. And I think things would naturally come, um, you know, eventually the idea would be to actually have some sort of play space here in Lansing that oh, you, could, be wonderful. you could use for events or, you know, just, you know, stuff. And, you know, again, to in order to have that, you need to have that base of individuals who would be able to support it. And I think that's why you have the bar nights and that kind of stuff that builds up the support and that 
base. Yeah, I mean, if we could have something here like Detroit Bondage Club has, mm-hmm. or even something just not on that level, something like the Kingdom has, mm-hmm. that's just, I mean, all the Kingdom really is, is an open play space with padded floors and a St. Andrew's cross mm-hmm. and a couple of massage tables. You don't really need much. Mm-hmm. Those who are interested will bring their own mm-hmm. gear, but it's nice to have a place and a, have a group that will support and purchase collectively this play space and the larger pieces of equipment, mm-hmm. your crosses, back cubes, the big things mm-hmm. that you can't just put in on in the back of your car or, right. or even throw on a trailer and schlep around. That was funny because they did have an event a few weeks ago at the summit. It was kind of a little kink convention that they have, I guess, in Lansing. And okay. um, it was on FetLife and all that. And I know people who've gone to it. I know other people who don't go to it anymore because they had bad experience. The moral art, hey, I'm coming here to play and have fun. And because I know the organizers, I'm being roped into actually volunteering. And it's like, oh, no, I wanted to have fun. I didn't want to help put this on. But so it's like, nope, can't really go there because, you know, if you are that involved in the community, and we're not that big of a community, yeah, you might get roped into, so to speak. Basically, it being a more work than fun. And it's like, oh. Right. But it's funny because I think one of the people involved in it has a little uh, a house, a couple houses down from me. And I think I was actually getting in the car to come here two weeks ago. So I think... As I'm getting in the car, I'm seeing they, they've backed up a truck and they're unloading, you know, padded benches and things like that. They were <laughs> disassembled. And I'm like, by, I, go, I recognize that stuff. And I mean, someone on the street would just be like, oh, furniture or Ikea or something. But it's like, oh, I know where that's coming from. They've, you know, these are the toys that they had there. I'm like, ah. <laughs> and, you know, I, I know them well enough that, you know, it's like I could have just volunteered to help. But I was on my way here, and it's like, nope. Nope, I have prior commitments. Other kinky, kink-related stuff to do. This section of A Hairy Prone Companion is brought to you by Tom's All Night Diner. Five out of seven vampires say it's the best place to get a late-night bite. Tom's All Night Diner. Eat in the dark. Feel better about your life choices. So we kind of touched on this before talking about IML and what you did last time, is conventions Mm -hmm. and how even at non-kinky conventions, kink can kind of happen. (laughs) Well, I was thinking, because that's where I was last week. Um, I was at Confusion, which is a science fiction convention in the Detroit area. It's been going on for about, well, this was Confusion number 42. So there you go. It's been going on for a while. And I was trying to figure out how long I've been going to it. And it's like, well, and then I think in terms of relationships, it's like, okay, this one broke up then. And I had started going while we were toward the end of that one. So I've realized about 18 years I've been going to Confusion. It tends to be, it's science fiction, very bookish. Lots of authors, editors. It's, you know, a lot of authors go there because they will meet their other author friends and hang out in the bar and just have a good time. So it's an interesting, you know, not, there's some costuming, but that's not a major part of it. There's not a lot of media like TV or movies. They have panels during the day where people discuss topics. And then there's another one I go to, PengoCon, which is science fiction and also tech, especially like uh, right. Linux and yeah, all sorts. Yeah stuff and those in the past depending on who the con chair is sometimes the panels there'll be a line of panels about 
sometimes uh, kink. I mean, I've been to one that was all about basic rope work. I think that was at PenguinCon last year. And these tend to Open be... Open source rope work. I well, can see it. Well, <laughs> it's like learning new stuff. Uh, mostly these tend to be in the evenings or at night, which is unfortunate because that cuts into the room party time. Because another thing that these conventions have is a very active room party culture. Someone wants to host a party, so they just, you know, make a bar in their room, open it up, and, you know, have signs in the elevators directing people there. And you just can wander the hallways going into different parties. They'll have themes sometimes, and each will have its own kind of mood. But when you have panels like at 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night or midnight, it's like you're expecting me to sit here for an hour, even though it could be really cool stuff, but... All my friends and people I want to be interacting with are recycling through the room parties. And it's like, I want to be up there with them. So that's always the draw thing for me. It's like, no, panels are during the day. And then in the evenings, I get to socialize. Because I can be a bit of a panel whore. And otherwise, I'll be at panels all the time taking notes. And that's my experience. There's rope, polyamory, panels on polyamory were a very common thing. And different levels of kingdom, like what's in your toy chest? I think that was one panel they had. It's like, you know, showing how to do stuff just around the common everyday items. And so there's that, you know, kind of kink part of it that was just part of the convention. Mm -hmm. So Confusion this year didn't really, they never really had that much of that kind of programming. But what they did have in one of the room parties was a Littles party. It was, you know, and I saw the poster and I'm like, oh, that's a thing. I know people who are into Littles, and it's a kink. And we go there, and the party itself was... If someone was not aware that this is a kink, they'd be like, oh, cute theme. They actually made a ball pit. Got, you know, in the corner of the room, they had made fences, and they had a reasonable-sized ball pit for a hotel room. They had, like, a perler bead station where you could make perler beads mm-hmm. things, a coloring station... And the hosts were in onesie pajamas. And, uh, and I can kind of tell from the early movies, like, and they're wearing diapers underneath those. It's like, okay. Of course they are. And I mean, but honestly, you would not know that this, you know, was anything other than just whimsy, except for the fact that another part of con culture is ribbons. Like, you have your con badge, and then you can have ribbons made that say things and have them on, you know, they stick to your badge, and you can have a long line of ribbons. And, and they had one that was very complicated, it had lots of initials on it. And it was black with silver lettering. And you would take one and then use a black Sharpie to black out certain letters so it could identify what you're into. And there was lots of initials. And I was like, what is this? And they said, oh, this is Daddy Dom, Mommy Dom, Brat, Little Girl, Little Boy. And it was like many, many different things. And it, like that was Han- like... Handkerchiefs sound less complicated yeah. as messed up as the hanky code is. Yeah, but but you know, it's a nice way of advertising very visually. But yeah, so that's when I realized, okay, this is... And you could see some people wandering in. It's like, oh, this is cool. And it's like, oh, what's this? And the guy, you know, when he starts saying daddy dom, mommy dom, and like, then you could just see them like, oh, it's that kind of party. And it's like, well, nothing is really happening that is that kinky per se. It's just... Nobody's lo- getting spanked. Yet. It's just a little space. That's what, you know, they weren't making it to be a kink thing. It was more like, this is something we like to do, and this is the public ways that we can show this, you know, acting, you know, like a child or being taken care of or that kind of stuff. It's like a sleepover. But I'm like, some people, I, you know, I didn't hear anyone say anything that was like, I really didn't hear any negative things about it amongst other people talking about it. Mm-hmm. So that was the thing. I think in the group is, I think it's a group that's on FetLife, and I think it's called the Red Robot Group, or Red, something about Red Robots. 
And okay. they it's a group on FetLife, and they're the hosts of that party. And it's like, okay. But it's like, it was an odd fit for me because I'm used to having my kink more, not necessarily behind closed doors, but it's in a space where you know what you're getting into when you step in. Yeah. As opposed to an open yes. room party where you step in and it's like, oh, okay. And, you know, I'm seeing pictures from the con of lots of people in that ball pit, you know, having a good time because it's a ball pit. Oh, my gosh, this is fun. <laughs> and, you know, not maybe realizing that, no, this is also kind of a kink. So just in general, that kind of stuff. Other conventions I've been to, the room party culture, like IML, has room parties, but they are not open. You pretty much have to know someone who's hosting it to yes, kind of be yes. invited. And the two times I've been to IML, I really, really wanted to go to one of those parties. And I was with a friend who had an open invitation to go to those parties, but he was kind of burned out of going to parties in those years I was with him. And he just would rather go up and down Halstead shopping when the parties were happening, which really like annoyed me. It's like, I want to be going to these things. <laughs> it's like, well, you can go. I can tell you where it is. And I was like, no, no, I don't want to show up and say, hi, I'm a friend of so-and-so. And he said I could come here. It's like, I'm that uncomfortable enough that I don't feel brave enough to go and just invite myself to a party, even if I know someone yeah. who has an open invitation. Nowadays, maybe I would, because I really wanted to do it, and, but he was just not in a space that he wanted to, and that's fair enough. But at the time, I was, like, annoyed and maybe even sulky. But <laughs> yeah. When I went to IML of 2015, mm-hmm. I did not get to experience any of the room parties, and I think that's because... Veritas and I stayed at a different hotel. Mm-hmm. We were at, I think, the Hilton. Anyway, one of the big hotels, and big enough that we were on the 17th floor with a rather nice view. Oh. So, but yeah, if we had been at the host hotel, I probably would have gotten myself involved with a room party. But to me, IML was just a big shopping trip. Yeah, and also not terribly kinky in a weird way. I mean, other than the fact that, you know, the... What you're combining at the shopping place is all kink stuff. And the people showing it, demonstrating it, selling it. I mean, I remember many booths where you'd have just a guy in a Speedo, you know, like, hey, I'm the one working this booth. Or there was one that was with Velcro sheets. And then you had, like, basically restraints that were just, you know, you could be restrained on this, you know. um, Well, yeah. I mean, it was demos. And then, um, you know, there's... So, I mean, you know, that's kind of kinky, but it's also kind of sales. But just the the energy, too. It's like, other than the floor and then the competition itself, there wasn't a lot else going on. So for such... Like I said, I've had friends... And then also just the cruising possibility is kind of limited because there's no place to kind of go to do stuff. I have, like I said, friends who've gone, who've had much more action at their the hostel they were staying at, just amongst the guys who were staying at the hostel than they actually did at IML itself. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely no action for me at IML proper. Swung by Steamworks that weekend and was there the same time that Bear Pride was having their event. And mm-hmm. That was really, really fun. Cool. So they, Bear Pride was having its event at Steamworks? Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah, and lots of big, hmm. hairy guys. and Yeah, made bear soup out of the hot tub. But Steamworks has a big, big hot tub. It can comfortably seat 30, huh? 40 if you're friendly. Cool. You know, other conventions I've been to, like, you know, fursuit conventions, you know, which everyone I think has this concept is like, oh, those are kinky places. And it's like, no, fursuits are fucking expensive. The people who actually have them, they don't want to get stuff on them, you know, water or even, you know, anything, let alone bodily fluids. For the most part, explain that to your dry cleaner. 
Well, for the most, and some of these, I don't know if they, you can even dry clean them because, yeah, fur like you know, like latex, the fur and you know it's fake fur. Um, it's chemicals. It can it it's hard to clean and do things with sometimes. And you, and if you paid several thousand dollars for a suit, you don't want to experiment on cleaning methods. Now the thing is, yes, sex does happen at those things because we're humans, and that's. I mean, throw sex happens everywhere. Well, you know, throw together you know a uh, convention of Lutheran ministers. And it's going to all be under the, you know, you know, under the, you know, undercover, under, under the a, radar. That's it. Radar. That's what I was looking for. Gosh, I hate it. My brain losing bits. But yep, there's going to be stuff happening there. You know, it just doesn't matter. Sex is going to happen at whatever grouping. Um, and I do know some people who do. They're in, they're furries. They're into fur suits, and they are also into being kinky in those suits. But these are the kind of people who are going to be kinky no matter what in their life. Yes, I mean, yes. You know, it, they're not kinky because they are furries. They are furries, furries because, because they're kinky. They are kinky. And yes. they know that there will be other... It's The furry culture tends to be very open to gays. It's they, they don't really give a shit, I think. And it's like, oh, two boys walking down a hallway holding hands? Whatever. Yeah. You know, that doesn't... You know, that's not even hitting on our radar or something different. I know one fur who has a mursuit, so, which is the term for a fursuit that has access for sex play. Mm-hmm. And he has spent several thousand dollars on it, and it is a Green Lantern Wolf oh. mursuit. And, and he, I saw him playing hockey in it mm-hmm. at one at a fur convention. That, oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, the thing with the furries and the, the aspect of furry conventions that's different than the other convention I've been to, they are a lot more appreciative of artists. Yes. Because there's a large comic book culture, people making comics, and then um, having people, you know, draw up their fursonas. It's like, you yes, know, yes. say, hey, this is what the character I have in concept, draw it up. Just like, you know, I've known gamers who are big on their D&D characters. Like, draw this up for me. And I know one woman who, that's how she, you know, she does a lot of drawings, and she's always an artist at these conventions. Yeah, that's how she got her start, with drawing the D&D characters from her group and then branching out from there. They also love their dances. They every night there will be a DJ dance at these things I've gone to. So it's like they love dancing and they love their costuming and they love their art. And that's an interesting confluence. Also, I tend to see the fursuit conventions being the ones that are more likely to have a charity that they are making visibly making money for. Humane societies, other you know, there's an animal rescue that did not know what they're getting into. Like had brought, um, well, did not know what they're getting into because they didn't think it was going to be as big of a deal when they were handed the check for the money that the convention. The person cried because she just thought it was going to be, it was an order of magnitude greater than she was expecting. Oh, wow. They're expecting, we're going to show up, we're going to bring in some of our dogs and cats, trying to find homes for. All the animals they brought, they found homes for, and they were given a nice chunk of money that shocked and so it's like, yay! I mean, you know, they, I mean, it was kind of cool. And that's, I'm so I've all, you know, just because people just think, oh, furries, they're freaks. And it's like, well, yes, and we're but. all freaks in different ways. <laughs> but I've heard the same thing about sci-fi conventions because the thing I love, we hear about fur conventions. Oh, that's where they dress up like animals and have sex. Then science fiction conventions. Oh, so I heard someone say that's where people dress up like Klingons and have, and have sex. sex. And it's like, oh, a- so a- accounting, continuing education conventions. Oh, that's where they crunch numbers and have, have sex. sex. I know. So it's like it's going to happen. Yes, there are people who do take it kinky, and but then also at first the room party culture again was like IML, very private. 
you need to know someone, and all the parties were behind closed doors. I mean, nothing was going on there that you wouldn't have seen at a standard room party at Confusion, except for that, you know, everyone's sitting around, playing cards, drinking, chatting, but you had to know someone to get in there. It was a different kind of aspect, and it was like, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting more like Confusion, just with first series. Yeah. But, you know, the kink parts of it, like I said, it's interesting when there's that kind of collision, because in this case... I was not expecting a little party at Confusion, just to be open in that. It's kind of cool, you know, that they're comfortable with it and we're trying to advertise their interest that way. But it's also like, I was kind of thinking, is how, not a matter of appropriateness, but just, it was like, that's very brave. You know, it's like, wow, this is really brave of you to put yourself out there because... The thing I find with kink, and this is about, like, talking about people putting on their latex suits and going out shopping or just doing mundane stuff. I've always liked kink to be kind of under the radar. Don't do it in the street and spook the muggles. Well, but, or more like, it's a kind of a secret little thing that you are wearing, like, even like, you know, in the day when haters didn't know what rainbow flags were. You just have a little, or in, back in the day, um, I heard, uh, a, you know, in the 1920s, 1930s, a red tie with a red matching handkerchief, that was a symbol that you were of that fraternity. No one else wouldn't even know, but there's that little shibboleth that you know you display that others who are in the know, like that picture you saw of your coworker with his husband, but then you notice possibly there being a chain, and it's like, and if you had seen the hint of a lock, you'd be like, Which okay, I did. Yeah, 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 it'd be like, okay, he's, yep, one, we, he's we, he, he, he is of my one, tribe. One of us, one of us. And um, I, just, yeah. I, I like that one. It's just under, you know, people don't really realize, and you're just moving amongst society and finding those others of interest because you're putting out those little pings of either what you're wearing or what you say or yeah. things like that. And I found that my hat... Mm-hmm. Oh, the, it, it, the pup Mr. Friendly. Friendly hat. Yeah, the, the Mr. Friendly pup hat has been acting like that. And people will... I love what people see it. And it's, like, it's just this cute dog hat with a you know plus sign for the nose. And that's the only thing. It's like right. people look at that and it's like, oh, they wouldn't even think it's a thing. It's like, okay, right. he just but, likes but dogs. Those, but those who know drop the word friendly mm-hmm. in when, when talking about the hat. And I'm like, hello, brother. <laughs> and I so. kind of like that. But that kind of appeals to the, you know, the, the elitist in me who wants to belong to a tribe that's above the common herd. And, you know, yeah, but, you know, I think the people who go out there and are, like, in latex or that, that's more like, hey, this is just a thing. People do this. It's not, you know, it, is it hurting anyone? No. Then get over yourselves. I yeah. mean, it, you know, like in the 60s, you know, some people, you know, long-haired hippies. You'd have a bunch of the straights all like, you know, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this man has long hair. What is he, a woman? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, who is it hurting? It's a fashion choice. In the same way that I don't appeal, you know, this fashion doesn't appeal to me, but the low-slung jeans, where it's so low that you can, you're almost having to keep holding them up. Yeah, it's like not my choice, but again, they're not wearing it for me. They're wearing, yeah. it, you know, they're wearing it for them. So when I hear like... people grousing about that, I'm also like, uh, you know, whatever. whatever. It's yeah. fashion; it changes, and the things your grandchildren are going to be doing are going to horrify you. I am interested to see what the room party situation and room party culture is going to be like at Claw. Mm -hmm. Especially because they have designated play spaces. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering, will that, will people gravitate toward the play spaces? Because there'll be more public and more people and more opportunities for meeting. Or 
will people still have want to have the more private room parties? Mm -hmm. We'll see. And yeah, that'll be fascinating. So when does that happen? In September or Claw? Yeah, uh, last weekend in April. Oh, okay. So yeah. it's, okay, not too far away. Yeah. So that oh. that is coming up in the next few months, and according to my sources. The Embassy Suites is nearly sold out. Oh, cool. So, because I had some friends when I was down at Hayloft, they were talking about, they were thinking of going, and I'm like, get your room now. Get it yeah. get it right now. That's always, you know, if you're going to any event, it, as soon as you know you're going to go, yeah, go for that hotel, because it's one of those things you forget about, and they fill up. Yeah. And if they don't fill up... You know, other and sometimes events don't get the whole hotel and don't think they can get the whole hotel, so they're only given a block of a certain amount. And if that doesn't fill up fast enough, then sometimes they lose part of that block, you know. Yeah. So, and next thing you know, it's like you're sharing the hotel with a wedding party and some teenage hockey teams, which invariably seem to be the worst people <laughs> at hotels. Yes. We've had many conventions that we've shared it with like these traveling packs of teenage hockey players and their dads and actually the kids themselves aren't too bad but the dads can be some of the most horrible human beings i've seen because i've seen these dads in the bar drinking they're seeing people walking around in costumes or that and they're like oh where are these freaks and i can just remember this thing where he one guy one the dads tried to get into the party floor for the hotel where you needed a badge mm -hmm. and he was just screaming at the con chair it's like well i don't know what kind of freaks you are but you know, i can go where i want to and blah, blah blah i'm staying at this hotel and he was he was being a horrible horrible human being and it's like jesus christ and it's because yeah. he was like you know how dare you tell me i can't go down this hall because there's people having fun down here and it's like no this is a private event and it's like and then he just like let's knock you for being a nerd yeah, you know, it was like yeah. the classic like jock versus the nerd in high school, and this guy had not grown past it, and it's like, just he's the kind of guy I feel sorry for who says high school was the best days of my life. I'm like, oh, you poor bastard. Yeah, maybe for graduation, someone should have given you a gun, because honestly, if you peaked at high school, go out well, you know, because the rest is going to be about leave, 60 leave a good looking corpse. The, the uh, rest is sixty years of drudgery where right. you just you know think well, back. And speaking of hotels, I remember a couple of years ago there is a large bear event in Indianapolis mm -hmm. every year. I forget the exact name of it, but I was I remember I was reading that room sales had opened mm -hmm. for it, and that they needed to get X number of rooms sold by Y date mm -hmm. to block out the full hotel. Yep. Because and that they the organizers really really wanted that to happen because they did not want to have to share that it, hotel. Yeah, when you don't have to share, it it makes it a, a very different event where you don't have to worry about you know noise levels or common areas or and a lot more amenities are given to you by the hotel when you like you can yeah show when you it. buy out the whole yeah. thing. And I also know that you know I've heard of horror stories where yeah there a convention that had a wedding party another group and basically. All the groups had a lesser time because of it. You know, the wedding party yes. was like, you know, people were having fun in costume. And they were like, okay, this is not quite our thing. And they thought it was weird. And the group, and it just got, and then the art get, the show was put into the pool area. And art and humid pool water don't go together. No, no, not so much. But So, yeah, the moral of the story is if you're thinking of going to an event, then get the, and if you, you can cancel your room. 
So that should be one of the early things you do. Also, register for the event as soon as you know, because usually you get a cheaper price. Yeah, to I'm, yeah I was kind of miffed that I didn't get the early bird special on clock because I was going back and forth, you know, do I do I volunteer? Do I pay? Mm -hmm. And I didn't. And it was getting to the end of the year. And that's when the cutoff was for Claw, January 1st, and did okay. the early bird registration. Okay. And I haven't heard anything about them closing registration. Mm -hmm. So... A lot of times yeah. that goes up to the event itself, which is oh, oh, yeah. more expensive. And, yeah. you know, I do know of some conventions and um, gaming conventions. That's one thing we hadn't mentioned. That's another beast entirely. Gamers, video gamers, console gamers, uh, I mean, well, the same thing. Tabletop gamers, yeah. card gamers. Those conventions, I haven't, you know, I haven't gone to as many that I stayed at the hotel. You know, I'll go for the day, but it's rare that I've gone to one that, to stay at. So I don't know what the room party culture is like. Uh, Comic cons, too, uh, like the Motor City one. Mm -hmm. I've heard stories about people who stayed at the hotel for that and just, you know, <laughs> actually trying to crash weddings with Margot Kidder. <laughs> it's like bless her heart you know it's just oh, like you know wow. it's like oh this looks like fun going in there and suddenly people are like nope you're not you're not part of this and it's like oh okay and then room parties and hijinks that are going on there and it's like because you know comic book con that's where people go and you know dress all like superheroes and draw comics and have sex right and, and have sex <laughs> and have sex this section of a hairy prone companion is brought to you by america's plum farmers that reminds you that even though you might be kinky or nerdy, or a bit of a freak, with a few plums every day, you too can be a regular person. And as always, we end on Crafts. our crafty part. So, I have decided that I am putting my white and green scarf on hold. Mm -hmm. I had dug through my bag of knitting stuff, and I found some stitch holders that are just basically great big dull safety pins okay mm -hmm. and i was like because i only had that one pair of nines and i wanted to use the nines for my season 18 scarf mm -hmm. and so i have gotten started on my season 18 scarf i said i was going to do it ribbed and i was like you know what this is complicated and colorful and inventive enough that no i'm just going to do simple knit everything and be done with it and so, yeah, I'm now working my way through that. And I have found, I've figured out why I'm not knitting as much as I should be. Candy Crush. It's not just a game. It's an addiction. And so... Because, gaming? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, phone games, console games, things like that. It can be... I mean, I think, ideally, it's a way of spending time that, you know, you're stuck on a bus, you're waiting in line... That's the ideal point for those games. But, you know, they make them that you want to come back to them and addictive enough that, yeah, I I think there was a Doctor Who game that I downloaded on my phone. And it was, you know, one little similar kind of thing, gem lined up. And yep, thing. a match three game. Yep. yep. And, I mean, first couple of weeks I had it, I catch myself being up till 2 a.m. until the battery gave out on my phone, you know, just playing it. You know, oh, another screen. Sure, one more screen, one more screen. And, yeah, it, it can even though it can be a nice way to fill in time that would otherwise be wasted, it then can become a huge waste of time for things that you could be doing otherwise. Right. And you know, I was thinking back in the day when I was with my ex, I would knit while I was watching TV, mm -hmm. while I was watching a movie with him, just watched a movie every night. But now, you know, if I'm watching something, I also have, 
and my hands phone. are engaged on the phone. And I'm like, I got to, I got to get rid of that. So <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, when I'm at home and I'm watching TV or more often I'm watching people streaming or YouTube or something like that, that I don't have the candy crush going. I'm intentionally picking up my knitting because that season 18 scarf is 21 feet. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of knitting. It, it is a lot of knitting. How many stitches you cast on out? 60? Okay. Yeah. Cast on 60 garter stitch. Okay. That's, yeah. Because yeah. I think mine was cast on like 50 low fifties or so 50 something. Okay. So it's like, yeah, it, I think 51 is coming to my mind, or 52, I don't know. Probably 52, because they tend to be an even number of stitches. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's the same thing, just knitting back and forth. Yeah. And, but, you know, I, so, yeah. But then you probably knit, everyone knits faster than I do. I <laughs> oh, I, I don't know about that. I know I crochet a whole lot faster than I knit. That I, Like, these afghans, I mean, both of those afghans took about a month. Okay. The ripple afghan took longer just because of all of the color changes mm-hmm. to it. And I actually didn't make that one. My ex made it and gave it to me uh, when we broke up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was surprisingly nice. Um, but, yeah, so. But, yeah, there's, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it, with so many things um, in life, crafting, writing, just anything you kind of want to do, um, it's a matter of making the time. You don't find, you'll never find a time. You have to make time. And uh, again, this comes from conventions. Uh, I, there's the established writers will be up there talking about you know, and you'll invariably have someone talking about, well, you know, how do you you know find time to write? Because it's I like, make time to write. Well, this it was interesting because this guy was like, well, do you watch TV? Well, yeah. It's like play game, video games. Yeah. It's like you have to give up that. You have to like give up things, and it's like, but and it's like, no, 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 no. It's a job. You need to make time. And it's like, well, but it's so hard. And she's like, listen. Yes, it is. I'm the mother of a special needs child, and I also work. And I'm finding the time. It's like, no, if it's... Imp-. And then they came down to, it's obviously not important enough to you. If it's important enough, you'd be finding the time. You know, it's like, it has to be more important than the games, the TV, social interaction. I mean, some people are just very social and are out there at the bars or hanging out with friends or doing fun stuff mm-hmm. all the time. And it's like, okay, something has to give them. Sometimes it's things we actually think of or working out or other things that we know are maybe better for us or healthier. A second job that could help to, you know, yeah. pay off some of that debt. You know, you make the time and you give it a priority. And that's like in crafting is just that too. Right. It's like what's the priority? Yeah. I mean, I know when I have a filthy story in my head that needs to come out and needs to be committed to, well, not paper, but electrons, committed to, to the vast World Wide Web, that it will make time for itself. Mm. If you, it, put, you put value on that. Yes. It's, the act of creation is, and you know, and that's what the games do. They kind of make us feel like we're accomplishing something and doing something. Yeah. Because I, you're getting scores and you're, you're, it's the game. You're, you're getting new levels or getting new things and, They've figured out very cleverly how to make us think we're getting stuff accomplished because you are in the game, you know. And yeah, if you know, if you're able to make money off of it somehow, and I think people yeah, do like that... World of Warcraft, you know, building up characters and then selling them in the real world for real money, you know, it's like, hey, I 
put in however many hundreds of hours on this character, but I'm getting this many thousands of dollars because someone who didn't want to go through that time is willing to buy it. And it's like, yeah, I have never given money to Candy Crush. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know, I know what's at the end of that road. Well, uh, yeah, because you know, it's like, yeah, it, it not only will it be a time sink, it can also be very cleverly a money sink too. But no, that's the thing, you know, with anything in life that you, you know, think you want to do, well, that's the difference between you think you want to do it and you actually do want to do it. You make the time. Yeah, and I, speaking of video games at 2am, I was a bad person. I spent $15 on the Humble Bundle, Mm -hmm. and that got me Civilization 3, 4, 5, and Beyond Earth. And I remember playing Civ 3, 4, and 5 and saying... Oh shit, that's the sun. Um, I don't think I can do that anymore, but back in my 20s, yeah. I, you'd be amazed. I binged well, beginning of this year. It's like, yeah, I like my sleep. And, you know, I get tired at a certain point. I'm like, no. But, you know, binge watching some TV shows. Uh, January 1st, I, 6 a.m., I'm like, oh, better go to bed now. After watching, you know, I think it was uh, the Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell miniseries that I'd picked up on Blu ray during Black Friday sales, and I was like, oh, yeah. What, you know, just one more episode. Just one more episode. One more, one more. All right. Next week, we're going to have another interview. I'm going to be interviewing the proprietor of Crochet Empire, who is going to be at the Vendor Mart of Claw and makes crochet jock straps and other crocheted things. And, yeah, going to talk about a lot about crochet and he says he knows how to crochet leather and I'm going to find out what kind of leather and what kind of crochet he does with that leather. And yeah. And yeah, this Friday is first Friday at Esquire. And then Saturday, if you're available, go to the Liberty bar in Pontiac and bark, howl, make a Mm -hmm. bunch of noise for Bayard when he's up on stage, let him know that he's loved Mm -hmm. because I can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) we have done and run out of time again send your questions comments show ideas dirty pictures project photos paypal tips to harryprone at gmail.com or tweet at us we are at harryprone.com our theme music is hotspot by aux used under the creative commons 3.0 attribution license we're your hosts sir arcane and lots of money wishing you peace love and perversion good night night